0: Good morning ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the RR Show, coming at you hard and heavy with the best show on the internet. Today we have episode 156, we are jumping into our slash tales from tech support. Don't forget, if you love our show and want more of it or want to support us, head on over to Patreon. There'll be links down below, up above, on the left, on the right, there'll be links somewhere. There's a bonus episode once a week. It's $4 a month and it gets you ad-free listening. So... Go and check it out. But in the meantime, this is 156R slash Tales from Tech Support. Grab your tea, grab your popcorn, and let's go. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling Welcome back ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the RR Show. Our first story today is from Wookers, a tale of ransomware. Hey everyone, long time lurker, first time poster. I thought I'd share one of my most memorable experiences in my career which revolved around a rather successful ransomware attack. I've been working in the IT field for a few years now and have seen a handful of unfortunately successful cyber incidents. At my first IT position at a small MSP, one of our clients had a severe ransomware attack that spread throughout the backend servers in a matter of minutes. It was initially just a single attack that was thought to be remedied, but then turned far worse a few days after the fact. This attack swarmed servers that housed important functions such as active directory, file storage, databases, and website hosting. I can't give too much detail, but it was a medium-sized company that would have been crippled, perhaps permanently, if this ransomware attack was not immediately remedied. Initially, the attack was only on one file server at the client's main headquarters. The server was locked up to nearly any access had the entirety of its hard drive contents strongly encrypted against will and the glaring red screen only gave vague instructions for accessing a site to pay a meager sum or else the drive would be wiped. This server was taken down, restored from a known good backup, and the vector of attack was sealed away, or so we thought. If I remember correctly, I was only a technician at the time but was able to help restore the machine from a cloud-based backup software along with a handful of far more experienced members of my team. It's important to note that my company was a cloud-based MSP that specialized in on-premise to cloud migrations, which is why these cloud backups were readily available and implemented. Instead of restoring the file server to its original server rack, we created a new instance within the cloud to recreate the server in a virtual environment and then did all of the diligent work necessary to reconnect it to the on-premise network and infrastructure. At that point, we had considered the job done and were able to move on to other projects and clients. We were thankful of the completion since a major holiday was just a few days away. When the holiday came around, I was given the short end of the stick to work the day due to contractual obligations early in the morning, this client's director of IT called me in a panic to report that most if not all of the company servers had been locked up from ransomware similar to the one we saw a few days prior. The difference that this ransomware seemed to have was that it included a more sinister note with instructions to download the Tor browser for accessing the dark web, and to navigate to a very lengthy URL where an eye-watering amount of cryptocurrency was to be given in exchange for the decryption keys. I began calling my boss and colleagues, and we all set aside our holiday plans to attend the emergency recovery effort of saving a company's entire server lineup. We began by disconnecting everything from the internet, including removing the cloud server's ability to talk to the outside world except for the cloud console itself. Once everything was taken down, a hasty conversation was made between my company and the client's IT director that ended up with the agreement to move everything to the cloud by utilizing the cloud-based backup software, which allowed for complete recreation of their environment in a more secure virtual network. This effort took the rest of the day and demanded many people from the company to complete, which was an incredibly fast recovery when considering the size of the servers and the network controls and logistics that had to be made to appropriately house everything. A few sentences here cannot faithfully detail and honor the massive amount of work this was, but it ended up totaling around 18 hours of non-stop work from around two dozen people or so. Once everything had been restored, some sleuthing done by my team found that this attack was also enacted by leveraging a user's credentials. I cannot say for certain if this was the same user as the initial attack, but the rumor around my office was that it indeed was. Few people at my job had the luxury of enjoying that holiday, but the small MSP that employed us gained a massive amount of reputation for it. The client ended up losing a sizable amount of data for the day, but this was minimal since it fell on a day of a holiday with little work being done. The cloud bills for such a hasty migration were also painful, but far less than possibly losing weeks, months, or even years' worth of work and data. I also heard that my company charged them quite the premium for the insanity of work needed for this disaster recovery, which I believe was rightfully earned. It also took me and the other technicians a few months to get every single physical computer to successfully re-establish trust in the new Active Directory server, which was often a very tedious issue since it involved remotely connecting VPNs that relied on this trust. Without a doubt, the damages were high for this attack, but would have been incredibly higher and possibly fatal for the company if the backup architecture was not in place. The client's IT director then implemented many new policies regarding their position on cybersecurity and training throughout the entire company. This included preventing nearly any access to the servers except for exactly what was needed in a highly moderated manner, leveraging network ACLs and firewalls and making an entire information security training suite that was mandatory for all of their employees. There was quite a few other security tools put in place as well, but cannot remember the exact name of the software packages. Overall, the company had their entire infrastructure locked in a manner of minutes, migration and restructured in the cloud in a single day, and then gained a formidable amount of security for their entire IT infrastructure, roughly within a month. I have yet to see anything close to this level of disaster and quick and permanent recovery action and truly hope it stays that way. Our next story is from a user that quite possibly has the most wonderful username I've seen in a while. This is from Nobjangler. It wasn't me, I swear. So, I know most of the stories on this sub are about other people being incompetent, so I thought I'd share one of me being the incompetent being. Got hired at a new IT company that was, in essence, a small MSP. My third day on the job, I was given a laptop of the previous employee to use temporarily until mine was set up. I originally wasn't supposed to start for another one and a half weeks, but my previous job walked me when they found out I'd taken another job. They logged me in so I could start, and I was just working on getting an equipment list sorted out for some upcoming projects, so mostly Excel and the like. When I went to save it, I clicked on the My Documents folder that was pinned in the Quick Access section at the left of the folders and noticed a bunch of files and folders in there. Me being the genius didn't stop to check to see what all they were, but assumed they were from the previous employee and decided to do something about the clutter. Now I wasn't a complete idiot and knew that it wouldn't be harmful to keep all the files just in case they were needed in the future. So I created a new folder and dragged all the previous files and folders into that folder. Promptly forgot about it and continued on before clocking out and going home for the day. Needless to say, this was the end of the day on a Friday. I come in first thing Monday morning to the owner slash my boss frantically on the phone talking to a couple of different people and mentioning a backup and all sorts of other things. I finally hear that the network drive had become corrupted and that they're trying to restore it from a cloud backup they had, but it would take over a week, about 10-11 to terabytes of data. I didn't think anything of it, jokingly said, "Ah, it wasn't me, I've only been here 3 days, and started working on staging some equipment that had come in. The owner kept me busy with things to do that day, and he was busy with the network drive. Just after lunch, a gentleman who still did contract labor popped around for a couple of things. One of the things he mentioned was a couple of files that were probably on the old laptop that I was using. So he and I went into my office and I was beaming with pride that I hadn't deleted anything off the drive. I just moved them into a separate folder to save. As I opened my documents folder, I was greeted by a confusing sight. Most, If not, all of the folders that I moved were back in their original place, but empty, while at the same time, the folder I created had all the files in it as well. All of a sudden, a light bulb went off, and I started looking around for confirmation. The first thing I noticed was that the My Documents folder was not the one being highlighted on the left panel, but the Company Network Drive. I looked at the properties of this folder and realized the previous guy had changed the folder link of my documents to be the main server folder and I'd accidentally moved all of the network drive items around into a separate file. Of course, this ended up breaking a lot of links for different programs and shortcuts because they did not have the additional new folder in their link. I sheepishly told the contractor what I realized as he burst out laughing. I walked back into the main office where the owner was and fessed up to my mistake. We had a look at the files and he confirmed that they were all there and still on the drive albeit moved to a new folder and requested that I move them back how they were and then confirm everything is in order. took about 16 hours for the process to finish but then everything was back in order. Needless to say I learned from my mistake and the owner told me later that if I hadn't fessed up about it and worked to fix it. He would have re-evaluated my position at the company, but was glad that I had the foresight to not delete everything at first sight. From that point forward, I was very cautious when dealing with network storage and files. It's been almost two years, and I still work at the same company and couldn't be happier. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Aeros Tour! I had a small heart attack the other day as well, when I thought I'd accidentally deleted a 15-hour audiobook project. About 150 hours worth of work. Oops. Never mind, it was there, it's fine. Back up everything, that's my lesson for the day. Our next one is from ASCII Forever. Over-promising boss and a magical word. Way, way back in the mists of time. The previous century, to be exact. I worked for a while as a supervisor for a computer company's service and support unit. This was mostly a cool job. I had about 20 technicians that reported to me, and I reported to Fred, who I've posted about a few times. This posting is kind of long, but I think the background and context is needed. Fred was overall a pretty good boss. He always wanted to coach, develop, train, and support the folks in his group. Fred was also fairly ambitious and this sometimes led him to commit to projects and tasks without actually having any idea how much work said task would be for his staff. And therein lies the following tale. The company was going through a growth period, which was generally a good thing. However, we were struggling a bit with supporting our growing customer base. The company had been using certain peripheral equipment from a well-known vendor for ages. As technology evolved, newer, smaller, cheaper versions of these peripherals became available and we started incorporating these. Everyone was thrilled with the replacement units. These required much less floor space, less power, less HVAC. Sure, we couldn't charge as much per month for maintenance, but these units were supposed to be way more reliable, much greater MTBF, so what's not to like? Well, it turned out these units had been rushed to market, we started getting calls from every customer that had these new units. They were throwing up errors in the logs and sometimes failing to the point that the entire system would be rendered unusable. Our tech support guys were working with the vendor and various ideas and fixes were passed along to us, which we took to our customers, who were getting grumpier by the day. Basically, we had a bleeding accident victim and all we could do was put a bandaid on it. And the problems got worse as spare parts availability became a critical issue. We had customers whose systems were unavailable for days while we scrambled for parts. Sometimes a customer would have multiple units down or we would fix one unit only to have a different one fail in less than a week. At some point, the vendor requested that we provide a full service history on every unit we had sold. The only problem was our service tracking was completely manual. We could not just run a report like you would do these days. It meant hours of paging through service logs and service reports. One day, I'm at work, probably fielding a call from one of my totally angry customers, and Fred calls me into his office. He had an excited smile on his face. Something good was in the wind. I'm hoping they found an actual fix for this problem, but alas, it was not to be. Fred announces that he just got off the phone with his boss about this problem. The vendor wants a complete service history on all units. Serial number, install date, data failure, action taken, parts used, and serial number of bad parts and replacement parts. Fred said he told his boss it would be no problem for us. He figured that we had a database of all this information and it would be a case of just typing a few commands and hey presto. I was dumbfounded. Fred knew we didn't have any automated service tracking system. All I could see was hours of wading through tons of paper to come up with this information. As calmly as I could, I replied, Fred. We don't have those records in any kind of system except on paper. What made you think some kind of automated system? We've never had. We've talked about it, but no one wants to pay for it. Fred, now beginning to look sheepish. Oh, well, I thought you had a database and it would be, you know, easy. Fred, I can do this, but it will mean probably a solid week of going through paper by hand. I will not be able to do my regular job while I do this. You'll have to step in and handle some of my stuff, or we'll have to let it slide. You're cool. If you think it's important, I'll start right away, but you have to help me." Ah, I thought you had a database. Fred, I do have a database. It's hundreds of sheets of paper. I do not have an automated database. Database is a general term. It's not magic. So since Fred had promised this boss that he had the information at our fingertips, well, my fingertips as I shuffled through tons of paper, he wanted me to do it. Luckily, I found that two of our larger customers accounted for the majority of problems. I called the techs who supported these two sites, explained what I needed, and found that these guys had been keeping records on their own. I was able to pull together the information from our other customers over the next few days. I'm sure it wasn't 100% complete, but it was enough. Over the next few weeks, our vendor announced a swap out program, and we eventually got all the problem units replaced. Couple of things came out of this experience. There was a decision made that we had to implement a service and parts tracking system. What the fuck? We were an automation company, and Fred promised he would check with me before he told his boss we could do something, and had no idea if we could or not. And he stopped saying database as if it were a magic word. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening. That's all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed that one. Can't wait to see you in the next one. Make sure you're following along. Until then, guys, peace out. Take care.